Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is June 26th. The Craft Music Hall was a popular musical variety program on NBC radio and television from 1933 to 1971. It was created as a way to promote craft products that were already featured in advertisements and in-store displays. The program featured King of Jazz Paul Whiteman as the orchestra leader and Ford Bond as the announcer. It was on this day on June 26, 1933 that the Kraft Music Hall debuted. The Kraft Company was adamant about keeping the entertainment and advertising portions of the show separate so that only the announcer was allowed to read commercials. The commercials were very to the point and focused on one product throughout the day. Kraft Music Hall moved to the big screen television in 1958 with every show featuring a guest entertainer. The show booked huge names like Bob Hope, Cary Grant, Humphrey Bogart, and Simon and Garfunkel. The show was successful overall, but achieved its greatest success while being hosted by Perry Cosmo. The charter establishing the United States was signed on June 26th, or United Nations was assigned on June 26, 1945, at a meeting of the world's nations in San Francisco, California. President Truman signed on behalf of the United States, and just six weeks later, on August 8th of 1945, he signed the legislation ratifying the U.S. commitment to the U.N., the first country to do so. Why is the creation of the United Nations listed in a calendar of significant events in conservation and environmental matters? Over its 70-plus year history, the United Nations has grown to encompass a vast network of treaties, conventions, and organizations focused on sustaining nature. The UN is most familiar to us as a global political organization. It operates out of the iconic campus at New York City. There, in the General Assembly meets to make decisions in support of world peace. Many people disparage the UN's ability to help, but we have not experienced a world war since its creation. The UN Charter lists the purposes and rationale for the creation of the splendid or- international organization. The organization was founded to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war, meaning to specifically the scourge of the two world wars of the 20th century, but it also created to promote social progress and better standards of life and larger freedom. The later rationale is where UN work on the environment and nature come in. The main structure of the UN pro- includes programs and funds to address specific issues. For the environment, these include three primary groups. The UN Development Program, incorporating sustainability as a fundamental element of economic and social development, the UN Population Fund, which works to control human population growth, and the UN Environment Program, working to promote the wise use and sustainable development of the global environment. The UN also includes a number of specialized agencies, which are independent organizations under the general UN umbrella. For the environment and natural resources, these include the UN Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, which protects historical, cultural, and natural sites around the world, Food and Agricultural Organization, which fights hunger not only through traditional agriculture but also through fisheries and forestry, and UN World Tourism Organization, which promotes sustainable, accessible, and responsible tourism. The UN also coordinates a large series of international conventions and treaties that promote global collaboration and standards on important environmental matters. The UN website lists 17 treaties on the environment, from climate to pesticides to whales and nine treaties related to the law of the sea. 
The UN is also home to the coordinated development activities first conducted at the Millennium Development Goals from 2000 to 2015 and now as the Sustainable Development Goals from 2015 to 2030. The 17 Sustainable Goals include seven that relate directly to the environment and conservation, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, climate action, life below water, and life on land. Five years after the UN began, President Truman addressed the UN General Assembly. The points he made are even more valid today than in 1950. He said, The United Nations represents the idea of universally morality, universal morality superior to the interests of the individual nations. Its foundation does not rest upon power or privilege, it rests upon faith. They rest upon the faith of men in human values, upon the belief that men in every land hold the same high ideals and strive toward the same goals for peace and justice. I believe the people of the world rely on the United Nations to help them achieve two great purposes. They look at it to help improve the conditions under which they live, and they rely on it to fulfill their profound longing for peace. These two purposes are closely interwoven. Without peace, it is all impossible to make lasting progress toward a better life for all. Without huge progress in human welfare, the foundations of peace will be insecure. That is why we can never afford to neglect one of these purposes at the expense of the other. And then finally, in 1974, the Universal Product Code, or UPC, was scanned for the first time when a pack of Wrigley's chewing gum was rung up in Troy, Ohio. The Spectrophysics Model A price scanner was one of the first scanners installed in 1974. A helium neon laser in, in the unit projected a beam onto a rotating mirror and through a glass plate. Light reflected from the code could be detected by a photodiode and the system matched the signal information in the database to identify the product. Much of the credit for this everyday technology is given to Norman Joseph Woodland, one of the inventors of the barcode. Woodland is said to have come up with the idea for the codes while at the beach. A military veteran who worked on the Manhattan Project during World War II, Woodland was focused on how Morse code was used to send information electronically. He then started to draw dots and dashes on the sand similar to the shapes used in Morse code, and after pulling them down with, their, with his fingers, producing thin lines resulting from the dots and thick lines from the dashes, he came up with the concept of a two-dimensional Morse code. He shared the idea with his Drexel Institute of Technology teaching and graduate study peer Bernard Silver, patent 2,612,994 classifying apparatus and method was granted to them on October 7th of 1952 covering both linear and circular bullseye printing designs, and there are pictures included. Woodland worked at IBM at the time and wanted the company to develop the technology. Doing so was not commercially feasible, and the patent was sold to Philco in the year it was granted. It was then sold again to RCA the same year. RCA attempted to develop commercial applications through the 1960s until the patent expired in 1969. Finally, the National Association of Food Chains gained interest and began work on a uniform grocery product code. IBM got back in the game in 1971 and Woodland, who is still with the company, played a key role in developing the UPC. IBM developed electronic cash registers run by their computers to work with the new system. As a barcode, Use has become more widespread. Development of a system that could hold more information than the 20 alphanumeric characters began at Denso Wave Incorporated in Japan. The company announced the release of its Quick Response Code, or QR Code, in 1994. It became popular in commercial production and shipping, and eventually for consumers as more car users carried mobile phones that could scan the code to access a website. 
The system may have been ahead of its time for consumer use initially, but it is expected to be more in use in social media and AR applications in the future. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com The Craft Music Hall at FamousDaily.com United Nations Charter, TodayInConservation.com And the First Barcode Reader at EDN.com The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.